about to cross the river. Deuteronomy, to share with you once again, means second law. The other folks died 40 years in the wilderness, that generation passed, that refused to believe the promise of the Lord. Folks, I don't want to die marching around some mountain because I refuse to believe the promise of the Lord. Now, Moses is getting them ready. They're going to go. There's not an option this time. Spies aren't being sent out. The Lord has said, you are going to cross that river, and when you do, I am going to defeat your enemies before you. Now, Deuteronomy 28 is an interesting chapter because it really brings home a uh, very important principle of all of God's word. It is a very simple principle, but it is one that is difficult for human beings to grab a hold of for whatever reason. And it's simply this. If we will obey the Lord and do those things that are pleasing in his sight, he will bless us. If we do not, if we do the contrary to that, he will discipline us. Now, I don't know about you, but I had rather have a plate of fried chicken than a beaten with a belt any day. And that is, you know, and it's going to get kind of specific, and uh, it's, going to even, it's going to get redundant in this chapter because the Lord means to drive this principle home. Now, as we continue to study about the nation of Israel, her history, her ins and outs and ups and downs, you will see that the uh, specifics of this chapter are going to be played out in the history of Israel. When Israel obeys the Lord, the Lord blesses her. When Israel disobeys the Lord, the Lord disciplines her. Seventy years in Babylon is no fun. Forty years marching around that mountain out in the wilderness ain't no fun either. The, uh, the discipline of the Lord is such that the end result is an uh, adjustment of attitude and behavior. How many of y'all ever got whooping by your mom or dad? Raise your hand. All right. Francis, he beat you. <laughs> Not where you can see it, huh? Okay. <laughs> well, he did it for a reason. <laughs> Brother Marvin's going, I didn't beat you. Our parents disciplined, uh, and it's a sad state of affairs, when it, and we see the consequences of, of an absence of that now in this generation. But our parents disciplined us. Read the book of Hebrews. It's, it's just plain as day in there also in the old testament that, that you know that the insubordination rebellion in the heart of a child the rod of correction now that doesn't mean to abuse a child but it does mean to make that child uncomfortable so that child will learn a lesson you are accountable to others who are above you and if you do what is right you will be rewarded but if you do the contrary you'll regret it amen so let's dive into this chapter now it shall come to pass if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments which I command you today that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth. Now there is a, a promise and a, a, an effect here. If you'll do this, the Lord says, I'll do that. If you'll obey what I tell you, I will set you up high above all the other nations of the earth. Verse 2. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Now, Sister Brenda has shared with us that she should have done what Brother uh, Marvin 
encourage folks to do the other night to testify, and she didn't, and she got a little discipline for it. And she wasn't beat, you know, she walked in here. Uh, but still, it was enough that she recognized what it was and why it was. Amen. And, uh, and just to, to amen that everybody that was in this house for camp meeting this year was blessed. You were blessed. I mean, you didn't have to, quote, do anything just to be in here, the presence of the Spirit of God. And uh, the movement of the Lord was so powerful in this house that everybody was blessed. Amen. So these blessings shall come upon you. And here's the, the thing for us to remember. Well, then it's all Old Testament stuff. Deuteronomy, you know, uh, Israel and all that. The promises of Abraham have come upon the church. We have been made partakers of the same promises that God promised Abraham. Amen. So if we will do this thing, it's the same applies to us. Read 1 John chapter 3. I keep going back to that. It's a great chapter. Read 1 John chapter 3. We do those things that are pleasing in his sight. We have the privilege of asking what we will. We can come boldly into the throne room of grace. Amen. If we don't, we miss out. Verse 3. Blessed shall you be in the city and blessed shall you be in the country. So wherever you are, the Lord's going to bless you. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground, and the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle, and the offspring of your flocks is going to be blessed. You're going to increase. You're going to experience an increase. Now, I don't get into all this, you know, uh, word of faith stuff about making deals with God and all that mess, but I am here to say this, that if we will... Do those things that are pleasing in the sight of the Lord. The Lord will bless us. There's nothing wrong with experiencing an increase when it is given to us from the Lord. Now, we're not supposed to be money-minded, and we're not supposed to love money because the love of money, not money itself, but the love of it, <coughs> the apostle says, is the root of all evil. There's nothing wrong with receiving a blessing from the Lord. Verse 5, blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Amen. Especially that kneading bowl, that's where the bread comes from. Blessed shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. Praise God. You'll be blessed at home, and you'll be blessed in town, wherever you may be. Verse 7, the Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. Hallelujah. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. We have an enemy goes about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. But there's a promise from the Lord. Amen. We can occupy that space where we can call upon the name of Jesus and we have protection against the enemy. The devil is like, how many of y'all remember Brother Kenny Marsh talking about how the devil was a liar? The devil will tell you that he can do all this stuff and he just lying through his teeth. He can't do it. If he could do it, if the devil could do a, a tenth, of what he says he could do, you wouldn't be here tonight. You'd be, and me both, we'd all be dead and in hell. But he can't do it. He lies in order to intimidate us. Why does the devil lie to us? In order to encourage another message Brother Kenny bought, bring Mr. Fear into the issue. Why does the devil lie to us? So that we'll be afraid. The Lord doesn't want us to be afraid. He wants us to be faithful. Amen. He wants us to enjoy this salvation. And enjoy our relationship with him. We have an enemy, but if we walk with the Lord, the Lord will turn that enemy away from us. Verse 8. 
The Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses and in all to which you set your hand. He will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. Now take notice. This doesn't mean you sit around and just like a target and say, Okay, Lord, here I am. If you can find me, bless me. We have to give the Lord something to. We have to make an effort that the Lord can bless. Amen. He will bless our efforts. And that doesn't mean that we're self-sufficient. It does mean that we do what we can do and we trust the Lord to do what we can't do. That is the history of this congregation. We did what we could do and when we come to the end, Lord picked up and he did what we could not do and that's why we're here. Amen. But that, see, there is a confidence to that. What the Lord is desiring to instill in Israel is a love of obedience. Not, I mean, he's not bribing them into obedience, but a love of obedience. He wants us to live an abundant life, a life that is, is full of satisfaction, fulfillment, a life of peace. Amen. A life of blessing. That is the, the only way to live in this world. Lord didn't, didn't save us. I mean, I preached this Sunday morning. He didn't save us to leave us the way we were. He saved us so that we might become his people so that he would bless us. Amen. And he desires to do that. You know, I've, I've shared with you the principle of God's love over and over and over again. As much as I love my sons, as much as I love my family, as much as I love all seven of my grandchildren. One of my grandkids needs a kidney. I'm going to go find out if mine will work. If they need a right arm, I'm going to see if mine will work. Because I love them that much. But when the Lord revealed to me, son, as much as you love those whom you love the most... I love you more. I love you more. And to, and to quote old brother Brett Cooper, the Lord's not trying to keep it from us. He's trying to get it to us. Amen. Now that doesn't mean just a whole lot of you know, monetary physical prosperity because there's more to this life than money. money. Now money can do a lot of things. Money can buy you a new car. Money can put you in a new house. Money can get your teeth fixed. Money can get you lipo. But money can't give you peace. And money ain't going to keep you from getting old and dying. But let me tell you what living for the Lord will do. It will give you such a peace in this world that you ain't afraid. Amen. You know, grave, where's your sting? Death, where, you know. So that, that's all been swallowed up in the victory of the Lord. For us to, to embrace the gospel of Jesus Christ is to realize that this life is not all for us. This life is just a temporary, it's like a vapor. It's like a blade of grass growing out in the front yard. You just about watch that grass grow out in the front yard. But it's here today and it's gone tomorrow. And we, need, we do not know when that time is. It is appointed unto man once to die and after this the judgment. Now, I don't say that to be morbid. But for the child of God, when you leave this world, you enter the presence of the Lord. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Poor old Lazarus, you, you would think Lazarus of all people. Poor fellow, covered with sores, dog, licked his sores. Yuck, anything grosser than that? You, I mean, you would think he was at the bottom of the totem pole, laid at the rich man's gate, begging for alms. But Jesus said, when, you know, Whatever Lazarus believed in order 
to meet the standard, when he died, the angels came and took him to Abraham's bosom. The rich man died. We still remember Lazarus' name thousands of years after the fact. Nobody knows who the rich man was because the rich man died and went to hell. That's it. Lazarus died. The angels come get him, take him to Abraham's bosom. Where's Lazarus today? He's in the New Jerusalem. Amen. And I dare say he don't even remember the days when he sat and was in such pitiful shape and the dogs licked his sores. I have a feeling it's been joy unspeakable and full of glory since he closed his eyes in death, opened them up to see the presence of the angels of the Lord, and so has he ever been with the Lord. There are a lot of people from the Bible. I look forward to engaging in conversation. I got a ton of questions. I got a lot of questions I want to ask Lazarus. Praise God. The time is coming when we will get to do that. There are a lot of questions I want to ask Moses. And, you know, a lot of the other patriarchs, the apostles, there's a lot of stuff I want to ask every one of the apostles. Hey, fellas, what about that? And not only the angelic host, there are a lot of questions I want to ask the angels. Amen. And we'll have an opportunity to do that. Because as a child of God, our future is what gets us through our present. Our future. When we have to deal with the crud of living in a sin-cursed world, it is we know what's coming our way. Hallelujah. The Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses and in all which you set your hand to. Make the effort, he'll bless it. Verse 9. The Lord, here's a very important point. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself. Who will do this? The Lord will. He will do what? He will establish you, Israel, as a holy people to himself. He has created you. He has claimed you. He has declared that you are his property. And when you become the property of God, you become holy because you are the property of the Lord. Amen. God owns a bicycle that's a holy bicycle for no other reason than the Lord owns it. And for all these, uh, I've forgotten now exactly what the, the Roman Catholic Church calls them, artifacts, uh, if you will. You know, one uh, cathedral will have, oh, this is a sliver of the cross that Jesus died on, and, and, and here's another something that belonged to a disciple, and here's the, John, John the Apostle's uh, thumbnail that was taken. You know, I mean, just ridiculous stuff. And stuff that, you know, that, that people, because of our superstitious nature, would ascribe some kind of special power to or special luck to. You could just own that. I've shared with you about the robe that the, uh, that the Romans cast lots for at the Lord's crucifixion. Boy, if you, if you own that robe, if you could verify you own that one piece of cloth that Jesus wore, I mean, put that up for auction. It's holy because it is beyond price. Because it belonged to the Lord. Likewise, we are because we belong to him. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself. Just as he has sworn to you, if conditional, you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. Then all peoples of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord and they shall be afraid of you. Israel had a reputation. You know, the, the heathen peoples. The God of Israel fights for them. 
The God of Israel goes before them. The God of Israel blesses them. The God of Israel provides for them. Amen. And that the reputation went before them. Especially after they crossed the river, they begin to engage the Canaanites and they just start whooping people from one side to the other. It's going to get out. You know, the news is going to spread. There's something different about these Hebrews that come out of Egypt. I know they've been out in the wilderness for 40 years, but they just crossed the river. And these big, woolly giants that were so intimidated to those 10 spies 40 years ago, they're putting a whipping on them right and left. Amen. Jericho, that mighty walled fortress of a city, outstanding monument to the ability of ancient peoples to construct something that, you know, is impregnable. Yet the Spirit of the Lord caused it to fall. Not by might, nor by power. What did the Israelites do? What did the Hebrews do? They made an effort. They marched around it seven times. Seventh time, they blew the trumpets. They made an effort. God blessed the effort. Of course, he told them what he was going to do. When they, that seventh time they blew that trumpet, the walls fall outward so they can rush in. Amen. That child got an arm, ain't he? <laughs> Verse 11. And the Lord will grant you plenty of goods in the fruit of your body, in the increase of your livestock, and in the produce of your ground, in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. What does that mean? You have plenty to eat. Praise the Lord. Now everybody here, we don't know what it's like, really, not to have something to eat. I dare say unless you're fasting, everybody had something to eat today. I did. I ate lunch at the Crystal in Rome. I had five crystals, large fry and large Coca-Cola. I wasn't supposed to eat none of that. But as I tell my physician, I'm going to die and go to heaven. <laughs> You'll be saying that when you're all laid up. Maybe I will, maybe I won't. But that's what I had today. Now, i tell you what, a fella can go 500 miles on a half a dozen crystals. But that's, you know, uh, what the Lord is promising them is that you will not only have enough, you will have more than enough. The Lord will bless us. We get all messed up, and I don't know why the church does that. I mean, I go back to Brother Kenny's message about, you know, old Mr. Fear uh, being in the boat. When things happen, we, we see things on the news. Oh, Lottie, what are we going to do? Shame on us. The Lord our God, omnipotent reigns. Has he kept us so far? Yes. Has he promised to keep us the rest of the way? Absolutely. Amen. We shouldn't get shook up when other people get shook up. We should have a testimony of peace that other folks will ask us, why ain't you shook up like everybody else? You know what they're talking about? I mean, I paid too much money for gas today. I don't know if y'all seen the thing at the pump. It's just an old, an old dead dog I kicked. When the gas prices get up. But I looked at it and I said, Lord have mercy. That's just too much to pay. What are we going to do if gas gets high? What are we going to do? What are we going to do then? What are we going to, you know? We're, if, if push comes to shove, we're going to get together and pray and believe God. And you know what he'll do? He'll meet our need no matter what that might be. Amen. Verse 12. The Lord will open to you his good treasure, the heavens, 
to give the rain to your land in its season and to bless all the work of your hand. Again, we've got to make an effort. You shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. And here's something that the Spirit of God uh, spoke to us through tongues interpretation. And the Lord will make you the head, not the tail. And that happened right here in this sanctuary many years ago during a conference meeting. Holy Ghost gave out a message. And this was the interpretation. I'll make you the head, not the tail. And he's done exactly that. You shall be above only and not beneath if you heed the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and are careful to observe them. Now, there's an effort required here. you got 613 commandments in the law of Moses. Woo! It's going to take an effort. You have to study. You have to educate yourself. You have to become aware of what is pleasing in the Lord's sight and what is not so that you will make decisions based on your knowledge of the will of God. Is the Lord pleased with this? Let's do it. Is he displeased with that? Let's shun it. Amen. And if the people, people in the world who are living this dog-eat-dog -dog existence, I mean, just, you know, if, if they can only understand who the Lord is and how he loves his own, how he will intervene in our behalf. Don't mean we're not going to have trouble. Everybody on this planet is going to have trouble. And I, I'm just, you know, I won't be on TV telling folks this because they'll never put me on TV, but I'll tell you this. You live in this world, you're going to have trouble. How the people who don't have Jesus deal with it is beyond me. But how folks who have the peace of a relationship with God through Christ Jesus, our Lord, he's the one we go to. When we're faced with situations, I don't, Lord, I don't, and I don't know how many times I pray this, Lord, I don't see any way out of this. Anybody been there? I don't see any way out of this. I don't see an open door. I don't, you know, I don't see nothing. But I trust you. You'll do something. It's not based on my understanding. It's based on your love. And he'll turn right around and do something, and I'll go, wow, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I needed that. I needed help. And you helped me. Amen. Bible says he is what? A very present what? Help. In time of trouble. Don't mean he's going to keep you from trouble. It does mean that when it does come, it does not overwhelm us. Because when trouble comes, we have somewhere to go. Isn't that great? Praise God. Then the 14th verse, this will be the last one we look at tonight. So you shall not turn aside from any of the words which I command you this day. To the right or to the left. To go after other gods to serve them. The Lord is a jealous God. He will not share worship with anyone else. Amen. He will not share worship with anyone else. He will not tolerate us going after other gods. He won't do it. He is not going to condone it. He's not going to tolerate it. Even the principle he set forth for Israel here, same as he sets forth for the church, that we are to be monogamous in our relationship with the Lord. He is our God. Amen. We do not serve the other gods of the heathens. I know, you know, like I said, I watch a lot of Discovery Channel and 
science shows and archaeological shows and stuff. And what was that? Oh, yeah. You may have seen that movie, 80 Days Around the World with David Niven and some cat, I forgot his name. Anyway, he was running from something. He ran through a Hindu temple. And there were all these uh, Buddhist temples, excuse me, all these Buddhist priests sitting on the floor, rocking back and forth. And there was a great carved image up at the end of the room. When I see stuff like that, I thought, how sad. How sad for someone to invest their life in a carving that some man made. A dumb idol that has no life, cannot speak, cannot think, is totally false. But how many people give themselves to that which is false? It don't have to be a, a, a carving. It doesn't have to be a statue. It can be a lot of other stuff. We're not careful. We can create little small bales in our own lives. We're not careful. We have to, you have to make sure, check up. The Bible says examine ourselves, whether or not we're in the faith. Make sure that our commitment to the Lord is strong and that he is Lord of all. When you come to that place where you say, Jesus, you are Lord of my life. Shared it with you Sunday. Where the Lord, you know, Jesus is the, oh, no, I didn't. I didn't, I didn't preach Sunday night. Ooh, ooh. Next Sunday, next Sunday, well, no, Brian's going to be preaching. It'll be a couple of weeks from now when I share that message with you that I had for Sunday night. But the end of it is simply this, that Jesus Christ had the church. He is the Lord. He is the final authority. We are beholden to him. And here's the thing that rubs people the wrong way, but it's the truth. The one who shed his blood on that cross and died to save our sorry selves has the right to tell us how to live. He has the right to tell us how to live. Folks bristle at that, but that's just plain truth. And here's the good news. You know, uh, where's it, Jeremiah? For the Lord says, my thoughts toward you are good thoughts. And here's the thing the devil don't, don't want us to, to embrace because it will bring us joy and peace. But the will of God, listen, is always, you'll hear me say this during the intercessory prayer, the will of God is always in our best interest. Always. Praise God. He's never wrong. He loves us. His love is a reality. It is everlasting. It is eternal. It is beyond our mind's ability to comprehend it. But that doesn't mean that it's any less real. He loves us. Watch it. There's, there's liberty in that. Because your enemy is going to accuse you. And a lot of stuff he accuses you, is, you know, you'd have to say, well, that's right, I did. But as Brother Kenny shared with us, not only does the devil lie to us about our God, he lies to our God about us. Amen. Anybody ever had the enemy tell you that you're not saved and God don't love you and all this other? Anybody ever had a kill David moment? Lord have mercy. I'll be, I'll be referring to his messages in this camp meeting probably the rest of my life. Anybody ever had a kill David moment where you just, you know, and David had to convince them, I'm not your enemy. And, you know, and, and the enemy will try to encourage us to blame God. It's not God's fault. He didn't come to hurt us. He came to save us. Praise the Lord. 
and his promises are true, and his kingdom is real. There is a push on now like has never been to discredit the gospel of Jesus. You know, I, and I, I'll share this with you, and I'll hush. Like I said, I went down to, to Rome today. Uh, Leanna had to go to the ER, but everything's fine. She got to come out. Went by Redmond to see Mr. Cash. He's in the, the rehab at Redmond from 563, I think. But you know what got on my nerves? Redmond Hospital has took down the clergy parking signs. And Floyd Hospital has one. Clergy parking, one parking spot. Like there's only one preacher in northwest Georgia. But Redmond, and I, you know, if you work for Redmond, you need to talk to them. They have taken down their clergy parking altogether. And I'm not saying that I'm better than anybody else, but Pastors and ministers have a lot of days like I had today where you hit more than one hospital and you need to be able to pull in, park, get out, go in that hospital, pray for them folks, come out, get back in your car and go to another hospital. Amen. But that's just the world that we live in. Years ago, that would have been unheard of. No, no, we're not going, we're not going to do that. We're going to encourage clergy parking. Amen. There was a time when the funeral homes tried to help the pastors, the ministers that officiated in their services, and none of them do that anymore. Now, you could say that might be a perk. It's not going to break me, but it, it was just the principle of the thing that the guys that owned the funeral homes would, you know, would tell the pastors and ministers, hey, we appreciate what you do because the funeral home director ain't going to go hug somebody that's you know, squalling their guts out, lay hands on them, pray for them, None of them I know. I've never seen it. I'm sure there's some somewhere that do that. But there was a time when there was a time when the gospel ministry was respected. The ministry of the church was respected. And boy, that day has flown by. It ain't here no more. So what you gonna do, brother Andy? You gonna get mad? Blow up, get your toys, and go home? No, I'm gonna go find me a place to park. As I was griping about that, as I turned into Redmond, I was griping about that to the Lord. I said, I can't believe they had, you know, discontinued the clergy parking. And you know what the Lord did for me? There was an open space right there by that sidewalk. I couldn't have got any closer if I'd parked in the lobby. <laughs> I got out. Thank you, Lord. I appreciate that. Amen. So it's the world we live in. But the point of, and we're going to get into some, Man, this is going to get graphic on further on in this chapter because there are two sides of that coin. If we obey the Lord and, and serve him, he'll bless us. But, beloved, if we don't, there are consequences to be experienced that really can be avoided. It's a shame when you're looking at somebody that's down in the bottom of a hole and it's the ninth time they've been in that hole, you won't say, Bubba, you need to stick a sign up that says, Hole, walk around it. Amen. All right, we're going to go to the Lord in intercessory prayer tonight. We've got a bunch of people to pray for.